Here we go. Okay. Hi, everybody. Okay, sweet. All right, I'm going to take just a minute and share it out in our groups. We are live from Zoom this morning. All right. Taking personal responsibility in relationships. <laughs> Almost there. Just grabbing yours, Marie. That one's always the tricky one. It doesn't want me to find it. I know. It's a very interesting one. Got it. Right. Quick and easy this morning. Awesome. All right. So welcome to Braveheart Conversations. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am Jillian Aurora and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Marie Wallace. Good morning. And we are so thankful to be joining you this morning. Uh, we are here every week, every Thursday morning. You can find us in our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. You can find us on all of the different podcasting platforms. And uh, this morning, we are going to be talking about taking responsibility in relationships. This is such a vital, vital topic because we have often been trained to think that when we find that perfect someone, 
they are going to make us happy. And this is one of the biggest myths and fallacies that the media has fed us. And um, I think it, it creates a ton of havoc. So I wanna talk about that today um, because I really think that when we start to take responsibility for our own happiness, we're able to then be in really healthy, happy relationships. But as long as we are placing our happiness at the mercy of someone else, we are often pretty miserable. Um, we are miserable with our partner and, and just life in general um, is, is pretty rocky. So um, this is often something I see really misunderstood by women coming out of abusive relationships because they're still looking for that next perfect person that's going to make them happy. And, um, and I think that this is a really big uh, problem if we really want healing and we don't want to repeat that pattern. Part of our own healing is taking responsibility for our own happiness and learning how to create that without looking for that externally, without looking for that in another person. So I want to talk about um, what that looks like leaving a relationship. You know, sometimes that information is uh, leading us to leaving a relationship. And sometimes that is learning how to uh, learn to be happy within a healthy relationship. Um, this is not a skill that you learn in only one capacity or the other. It's something that really needs to be present um, in, you know, in relationships that you are ending or relationships that you are, are choosing to stay in. So Marie, I want to hear some of your thoughts and your expertise okay. on this topic as well. Cool. I think that um, taking personal responsibility allows me to be in the driver's seat and um, not a victim or like you said, at the mercy. I, I like, like that, you know, at the mercy of someone else, maybe they'll make me happy. And I think with my, I had three daughters that I raised and all three of them said that was the best advice is basically first taking my own responsibility and then also telling the other person person what we wanted in the relationship and honoring ourselves first and that allows us to be a, a better partner but whether we're in like you said I love that you said when we're leaving a relationship we're in a healthy relationship so every relationship needs me to be personally responsible for my own happiness yeah I can remember it was really profound years ago I heard or I read a blog actually that said the only thing I owe anyone is my own happiness and he was saying that in contact and context of the relationship that he was in a romantic relationship that he was saying the only thing he owed his partner was his own happiness and I was like wow that's like really that. profound and um, it's not quite as profound today as it was then. That was like a total like boulder moment for me. But, um, but yeah, I think that it's, it's a building block. It's really important. So when I look back um, years ago, I remember I was so unhappy in a relationship where my partner was using, and I'll just give you a little bit of context here. So he was using drugs. Um, he was in my home, not contributing to uh, the finances at all. And um, I, I was incredibly unhappy because I couldn't identify why I was attaching a lot of my worth to this relationship. And so to me, it felt like 
um, because he was choosing drugs and he was really like just not paying at all the same attention to me that he had in the beginning, right? During yeah. all the love bombing phase. Um, I felt like because he was failing, because not failing, but because he was making all of these choices that were, were hurting himself and hurting um, me, I was allowing them to hurt me. Um, because that was happening, then I felt like I was a piece of shit, right? I was not worth anything. I was failing. And so then I, in desperation, right? So my happiness is attached to this relationship. Um, in desperation, I ended up in Al-Anon, which is a recovery group, a 12-step group for friends and family members of addicts and alcoholics. And um, one of the most profound things that happened there is exactly what we're talking about today, taking responsibility for myself. So I walked in those meetings, really hoping that they would give me a solution to fix him, right? Tell me what to do to make him better. <laughs> So that I can get on with my life and he can stop destroying my life. And, um, you know, my life will be all better if he just stops using. That was my mindset. And um, I did not get that answer there. <laughs> Instead, what I got was them saying, well, what are you going to do with your life? What makes you happy? Instead of relying on him to make you happy, what are you going to do with your life? What decisions are you going to make? Are you going to keep, you know, uh, giving him money that's going to, you know, that's hurting you and, you know, you're, you're trying so hard to control him, but what about if you just made decisions for yourself that, uh, that made you happy instead of waiting for him to change? And that was really, that was a long journey for me. I've been in that, in that group for 10 years now. Um, so that's, it's been a very, very long journey. Um, I, I thankfully feel like I've gotten a lot of recovery. I do make a lot of decisions, um, based on what is going to be most honoring of me today. And I realized that by doing that, that's actually the most loving thing for other people. I was stuck in a lot of manipulation, which I find to be very true is if we are not taking responsibility and we're attaching our happiness to somebody else, we're trying to force them to play this role to make us happy, which is actually a whole lot of manipulation. It's really icky. So um, if you are continuing to live your life at the mercy of someone else and, and hoping and waiting for them to make you happy, you're going to be playing in this game of just a lot of manipulation. It's, it's icky. And in so many ways, it's, it's not a good look. <laughs> not a good look <laughs> and it's more and and more hurt right um so my example is i actually have been divorced twice and it was super painful and it was a time when even divorce in general wasn't acceptable and now i've got two divorces and it was painful painful um and i realized i did not want to do that again it, my my dad had been married eight times and I knew I did not want that situation. And what is the formula? So I had to step back and go, the common denominator in both these failed relationships, and, and they weren't failures in that way, but both of these relationships that I left were um, that it was me. And I had to figure out what it is that I wanted, um, what would make me happy if I never, ever had another partner again what would make me happy? And uh, that's how I came to personal responsibility. It was just like, 
I'm responsible for my own happiness right now. What brings me joy? And that's knowing what things that I want too, because I, that's something else we do in another relationship. We're hoping that because they love us and if they really loved us and they really knew us, they would know how to make me happy. Well, if I don't know how to make me happy, then that's not going to work either. So just looking for those things that I enjoy and that make me happy, it also relieves some responsibility on their part. And um, I, and the other thing that I wanted to reemphasize is anytime I'm coercing, manipulating, controlling uh, another person, especially manipulation, like, well, if I really want him to um, help me out and, and, and I coax him and I do, it, it, that's manipulation. What if you just said, um, you know, it would really help me out if you did this, let me, you know, just explaining how that helped him, or whatever, you know, just going along that lines of just, I, I'm in charge, I'm in, I'm responsible. And as long as I'm in that seat, then I have the ability to keep creating my own happiness instead of waiting, instead of manipulating, instead of um, staying miserable. So that's my yeah. sense in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, there's two separate pieces of this, right? One is like in my situation, really what I needed to do all that time ago was to take responsibility for my life, which meant, um, I was lugging around a really heavy dead weight, right? I was, I was really lugging around a relationship that was begging to be let go of. It wasn't actually a partnership. Like we talked about last week, right? It wasn't actually something where two people were mutually building each other up and, um, and both people weren't really present and contributing to that relationship. So taking a personal responsibility for myself really meant um, letting that relationship go and then really taking responsibility for my own health, my own, um, you, you know, I, there were a lot of drains that that relationship I had allowed to happen, right? There were financial drains, there were emotional drains, there were um, mental drains, it, it was a really costly relationship. So by taking responsibility for my life, I was taking responsibility for plugging some of those holes. Now I will say, um, for those of you that feel really confronted by this, um, I was in Al-Anon a, a year before I left that relationship. That was not an instant aha moment, an instant change. I worked really hard to learn um, what I needed to learn. And then I still jumped into another really toxic relationship, um, toxic in a lot of different ways, different lessons there, but um, I wasn't done. Um, and so I, I want you to remember that this is a journey. It's not an event, right? This is not, you aren't just going to snap your fingers and figure it all out. It, there's, it done. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of steps in, and you're, taking responsibility one little piece at a time. So I want to, I want to talk about how, you know, in that relationship, um, so long ago, before I left, before I got to that point, there were, there were small ways I took responsibility back for me. So I started, for example, I started being more concerned about what my goals were instead okay. of trying to get him sober and focusing on that. I yeah. started focusing on 
what do I want to do with me? What are my goals? Where, where am I wanting to go? I started looking at um, the, the financial holes that needed to be plugged up. And, you know, at that point, um, a lot of money had been stolen from me. Uh, credit cards had been used fraudulent, fraudulently, and I had not pursued um, reporting those things. And so I started to set boundaries like, oh, here's another one. Um, I would buy his cigarettes because he told me that if, if I bought him cigarettes, then he wouldn't crave harder drugs. Complete bullshit, but I bought it at the time. So I, I would buy his cigarettes. Well, I stopped doing that. I said, you know, I don't have the finances to do this. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take responsibility for my life and my bills. And you take responsibility for your cigarette addiction. And um, so I, I started, I started reclaiming myself in some of these areas. Um, and I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I remember feeling just like it was the hardest boundary in the world to say, I'm not gonna buy your cigarettes. I felt like it was the hardest boundary in the world to say, you're not allowed to smoke in my car anymore. You know, just these small things that today I'd be like, hell no, you're not smoking in my car. <laughs> you know, But back then it was really tough for me. And so, you know, that was a journey. That was a process for, for a whole year before I was able to, to really release that and let it go. So be gentle with yourself as you're taking these steps and reclaiming this responsibility for yourself and your own life and your own happiness. Um, but I also want to address that, you know, there's that piece where a relationship is coming to an end and you're, you're reclaiming these pieces of your life. And, and as you're doing that, it's becoming more and more apparent that this relationship is ending. Um, right. But they, I also want to talk about how in healthy relationships, um, we still are claiming responsibility for ourselves. So um, again, like I said before, very often I see women leaving toxic relationships and then still looking for that person that's going to perfectly meet all of their needs and make them happy. And it's, it's just setting them up for failure again. So um, in a healthy relationship, I still get to take responsibility for me and my health and my happiness. I'm not waiting for someone else to uh, pay attention to me and, and somehow suddenly know, oh, you know, Jill really needs some comfort right now, or Jill really needs some, yeah. uh, she needs a good meal or she needs a hot bath. No, I get to determine, I get to be the one paying attention to say, you know, why am I grumpy right now? Instead of blaming that on somebody else saying, oh, I'm grumpy right now because I haven't had enough rest. Maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe I need, you know, a day off. Maybe I need to take a bath. But those are the things that I used to put on somebody else. And I would be in a pity party because somebody else wasn't paying attention. Somebody else wasn't, um, you know, seeing my needs and meeting them. And uh, well, that's building awareness, right? That's building awareness of what I need and, and how I get those needs met. Um, one of the stories I have is one of um, Joe's friends was talking to him and he goes, Marie doesn't need me. And he goes, what? She doesn't need you. And he goes, no, he goes, if something happened to me tomorrow, I, 
I know she will be perfectly fine. And it's not that I won't miss him. It has nothing to do with the relationship or the emotions I feel. It's that I will be fine on my own. And, and that's a, that sovereignty that you and I talk about a lot. And that is building my awareness. What are my needs? How do I get them met? Um, when I'm feeling grumpy, sad, depressed, joyful, whatever it is, how am I getting that need met? And if not, I'm not, what can I do about it? Um, and that's that personal responsibility piece as well. That allows me to build that sovereignty, build that muscle so that if a relationship's not healthy for me, I can, I can leave it if I need to. Um, the other part that you said that I wanted to, to go back to is yes, it is a journey. You know, we didn't get here overnight and it'll boundaries and, and personal responsibility will be for the rest of our lives. It's something that we're always evolving and growing in. And so don't think we have all the answers. <laughs> we just have been on some of that journey already. And, and we're sharing with you what, what's worked for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Marie, do you have any um, recollections of those small moments of reclaiming your life? Some of them to me are so silly. When I look back, they're, they're funny to remember. Well, I know some people might find this hard to believe, but I was very quiet and shy and I would just stay at home. And um, I, I, one of the people in my life was a gambler, was gone for whole weekends and I would just stay at home and be mopey and sad. And, and what I would do it finally, so I'm like, why am I staying home? Why? And I was afraid to go out. Like, I know that's hard to believe, but there were moments when I was like afraid to go out. And so I'm going, I'm going to go with my friends and I'm going to go do this thing. And it felt very liberating. Um, saying no um, to, um, to the financial piece. That was hard. I took, I cut up a credit card that was being abused and that brought rage, which also got that part of me going, uh, um, but it was that moment that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is my moment. This is the, the time that I'm taking back for me because I need these resources for me to, to do the things that I'm meant to do. And I think you, you talked about that at one point too, is what are my personal goals? How am I going to do happiness and, and work backwards from there? So, so that when that moment comes, I'll know when it arrives, right? Why am I sitting at home? Why am I waiting for this person to come home and, and make me happy? I was, I just remember thinking that actually. And then I also remember because the average person goes back, the average woman goes back 12 times. I just remember that one morning I go, you know, I'm, I'm done, but it takes a long time to get there. So again, what Jillian was saying, being gentle with ourselves, it, it takes with the time it needs to take. And there are lessons if you've gone back or you, you get, in, you find yourself in that same relationship, there's something that we haven't learned yet that we need to grow to become that person and to have that relationship we want with ourselves first, right? <laughs> yeah, so true with ourselves first. Um, 
you know, um, something popped into my head that I heard over and over in Al-Anon that was really helpful and relevant to this conversation. And that is um, stop going to an auto store to buy a loaf of bread. And I did this all the time, right? I expected this one person to be able to meet all of my needs. And that's unfair for anyone, right? I can't meet all of everybody's needs, right? I, I get to be responsible for my needs. Um, those are the only needs that I really truly know, you know, how, how to fix them, right? I get to figure that out. That's my responsibility. But very often what I was doing is I was acknowledging a need I had and then going somewhere that was completely incapable of meeting that need. So, you know, you can have the money to go buy a loaf of bread. And if you show up at an auto shop, you're not going to get a loaf of bread because that's not what they do. And very often we're judging that location for, you know, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you make me a loaf of bread? Like, that's so easy, right? I can go, I can go over to wherever I'm great harvest and get myself a loaf of bread. Why can't you make me a loaf of bread? And um, so that was really helpful for me to know that I'm responsible for getting myself to the right resource, right? So um, thank God there isn't just one store that does everything. Like we have a lot of different locations, which is beautiful because if one store closes, we're not screwed, right? We have <laughs> different options. So, you know, that, that was really a wake up call to me that I was relying so heavily on one relationship to meet all of my emotional needs, all of my physical needs, um, spiritual needs. Like there were so many things that I was relying on one person for. And so learning to build a strong foundation of, of people and resources that I could go to for all sorts of needs was so helpful. And it really takes the pressure off of your partner. You read my mind. That was what I was going to add is that what a relief to your partner that they don't, that they don't have to meet all those needs. Right. And right. Because that's often the unspoken contract is I will make you happy. If you make me happy. And then we both end up miserable because I'm not exactly. really able to make happy <laughs> and you're not able to make me happy. And so when we change that paradigm and we say, no, you come to the relationship happy and I'll come to the relationship happy because we're fully taking responsibility for our needs. There isn't this um, underlying resentment that you're not taking care of me well enough because it's not their responsibility. That's not what it's a relationship easier too. It's an easier relationship. I think that's why I find that my relationship with Joe is easier because I'm taking a full responsibility for myself and and then anything else that I get is gravy and and icing on the cake kind of thing. So much easier, so much happier. And if if those needs aren't being met that are that I do would like a partner to be part of that's when I voice what I need and see how my partner can help me and um yeah or go to another bread store <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about but <laughs> exactly exactly and you know I think that there is um there is a way that I misunderstood this concept for a long time so it was helpful for me um in a lot of ways 
I took a lot of responsibility for myself. However, I did use this concept to stay in an unhealthy relationship for a very long time. And what I mean by that is um, in my marriage, I was really good. I got so good at this that I pretty much just didn't need my partner at all. He was, he was really unhealthy. Um, He was, he was a, um, an addict and an alcoholic as well. And so, you know, here again, I was in cycle number two, Um, but I, I mastered detachment so well that he could be off using for days and I could basically pretend like life was just normal. I had my goals. I had my, I had everything together that I, I was doing. I was busy in my own life, busy experiencing my own stuff. And, um, and that, that was unhealthy for me as well, because not really a partnership though. It wasn't. So yeah, could I survive in that? Yeah, I could until I couldn't anymore. Right. Because eventually uh, things get so unhealthy that you're not able to care for yourself appropriately. At least that was my experience. But, um, but I learned how to numb out so well that I was basically just single in, in a lot of ways. And that's not a healthy relationship either. Could I have lived that way? Yeah, I could have done that forever. And many people that, <laughs> that would have been sad though, because, you know, would I really want to settle for that kind of a partnership forever? Not really. Um, I, I was really able to experience a much deeper intimacy than that. And, um, but as long as I was willing to settle for it, that was what I was going to get. So um, this can, this principle can be misused um, I, as a trauma response, really. Um, Cause that's what it was for me. It was a reaction to trauma where I just was able to dissociate and, and detach really successfully and, uh, and numb out to my relationship. So just a caveat there that it can be misused. Good point. It, it needs to be mutual, have that mutual support, mutual respect, mutual um, give and take kind of thing without judgment. So it's that mutuality that makes it a relationship. Otherwise you're just, I think you said this earlier, carrying this bag around, right? You don't really want your relationship to be baggage because then it's not, it's not even healthy or a part of your happiness, right? Yeah. So I think like it's a both and taking responsibility, radical responsibility for your happiness. Nobody else is ever at fault (laughs) that you are unhappy. You know, if you're unhappy, change something. And it is um, remembering like what we've talked about even last week, the purpose of a relationship is to empower and uplift each other. And so if that isn't happening, if that isn't the overall dynamic of your relationship, then there's probably some, some questions to be asked, right? And some assessment of that relationship that gets to be done. Yeah. And to refer to that from last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Assessment piece super important just because you're responsible for your own life doesn't mean that that is an excuse to stay in a relationship that is not not really serving you at all or them yeah yeah which you know we've talked about that many times what honors me honors everyone and uh that's 
that's not really the paradigm that we've been taught, right? We've been taught to self-sacrifice and that that's what's the loving thing to do. And I really advocate for the opposite, which is the more thriving and turned on and happy you are, the better you are at loving others. Um, True. We know we've been there. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't very happy when I was self-sacrificed to death. Right. Yeah. Um, Do we have any questions? Another thought I had that slipped my mind. I know it's there. Hmm. Well, maybe it'll come. Do we have any questions? We do not. I'm, I'm keeping, keeping tabs here. If you have any questions, definitely pop on and ask them. We love when you join the conversation. Um, what are some of the challenges that you have in taking responsibility for your own happiness? And what are some of the ways that are just really tempting to say, oh, I could be happy, but I could be <laughs> but if they were doing X, Y, Z, then I could be happy. If they would stop using, if they would stop watching porn, if they would stop cheating, if they would stop gambling, if they would stop spending, you know, Mm -hmm. those are the the really common ones, right? Or they would be more engaged in my relationship. And then even when you're talking about um, the personal responsibility, it can be small steps. It doesn't have to be a big radical step when you're starting out. Just start taking your life back little by little just going, okay, for today, this is my boundary. And no matter what, and you'll be given lots of opportunities to go, are you sure? Are you really sure that you want this boundary? But just starting small will give you that confidence to take the next step and then the next step until you you are more responsible than you had been. And again, it's a journey. Anytime I feel that I'm unhappy, even now in a very healthy relationship, I go, oh, wait a minute. That, that would be my mind to take care of right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remembered what I was going to say. And that Yay. is when we are, um, when we're taking responsibility for other people's happiness. And we've, we've talked about this before. We often, you know, play this role that we, are t- we're treating ourselves as if we are responsible for someone else being happy. And so when they, when they approach us, you know, well, if you would blah, 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 then I could be happy. Right. And we bend over backwards, trying to make them happy. All we're really doing is perpetuating this illusion that we are capable of creating their happiness. So the more that we act like we're responsible for their happiness, the more they believe it, right? And the more resentful they actually are towards us for not creating their happiness because we really aren't capable of creating their happiness. Yeah. And, and it's vice versa as well, you know? So um, as you are acting as if somebody else is responsible for your happiness, you know, you're perpetuating this illusion for them as well. It's, it's just, it's a lot of unhappiness on both sides, because um, if someone else is expecting that I'm going to make them happy, what am I feeling? I'm feeling inadequate a lot, 
because, oh man, if I could just be better, I could make them happy. If I could just love them more, I could make them happy. If I could just, you know, play whatever role that they want me to play in their head, I could make them happy. But it's, it's a lie. It's never the truth, right? Um, and I've, I've seen this played out over and over in my life and in other people's lives. And um, so remember that when, when you're participating in that role, you are also um, continuing on this illusion that's really harmful for everyone. I want to add what we talked a little bit about last week too, just as a reminder, if your, if your illusion is when you get those little glimpses of happiness and it's like 20% of your relationship, then that m- might be an indicator that, that you're not taking enough responsibility in that relationship. Because if you're counting on your partner for 80% or you only see 20% of that happiness, like you'll get a, I, I think we women in general, we see that like, oh, wow, look at this. And it, we can make it last forever, right? And then you go down that slippery slope and then you find yourself, you know, feeling miserable again. And then that one little glimpse of happiness. So, you know, just take a look at that too. Again, I just think that's a really important factor. If you're feeling more sad than not, just, you know, might revisit that. Yeah, and that's that's actually something that we're really addicted to, right? I was very much addicted to those little crumbs, right? That I never knew when they were going to pop up and that kind of made it more addictive. And, um, you know, if, if, if that resonates for you at all, you might look up trauma bonding. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's the, the, there's a book that's great around that topic. I think it's called The Betrayal Bond. And I really appreciated that book, but it really talks about how our brains are wired to um, respond to betrayal in a way that we are addicted to those little moments, which, you know, if you're, if you are educated about the um, abuse cycle, then this will be, this will be something familiar for you, but there's you know, there's this cycle of betrayal where there's this hurt and it doesn't have to be physical hurt, but it could be just emotional hurt and cruelty or, or, um, lack of intimacy, lack of connection, withdrawal. Um, those things are happening. And then all of a sudden you go through this like fawning phase where they're, um, trying to make up, make it up and they're afraid of losing you. And, And so then, you know, all of these things are flooded in your brain where you're like, oh, this is everything that I've been wanting and waiting for. And it's, it's literally just a drug for your brain. And then you go back into the withdrawal phase and, um, and that would be a good chart to add in the comments or something so that people can see that cycle. Um, It's very informative of how we go into that and, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, we can yeah and those those good moments are like maybe 10 10 of the time right they're just well remember the head um is it hansel and gretel with the breadcrumbs where that led <laughs> breadcrumbs get you nothing <laughs> yep. yep they're they're keeping you hooked but they're not really doing much more than that it's not true nourishment at all mm. so um okay so yeah i am not seeing any comments where are we at on 
think we're we're about at time. So mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, thank you, Marie, for having this beautiful conversation. Thank you. And um, if you all would like to send us any questions or comments, or you have some follow-up, or if you have a topic suggestion, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach me at defytheaverage at gmail.com, or you can reach Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd be really happy to have any of your, your feedback or comments. And uh, please feel free to find us on Facebook in our group Brave Park Conversations. You can join some discussions there uh, and you can find us on all the different variety of podcasting platforms. And with that, I will go ahead and wrap us up next week. Uh, next week, we are talking about um, the difference between requests and uh, boundaries or standards. So, you know, sometimes we get confused thinking that, um, you know, well, somebody didn't, they didn't respect a boundary, right? Oh, now I'm screwed. No, a boundary is not a request. So we're going to delve into that. If that's a confusing topic for you, then please, uh, please check us out next week. And uh, with that, I hope you have a fantastic week. We love you very much. And we will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.